You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League, and a little bit of FA Cup as well. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Tottenham move up to fifth place after defeating West Ham in North London. Arsenal rebound well from their loss to Liverpool by taking all three points at Villa Park. Leeds pull off a remarkable comeback after Wolves went down to 10 men. And we round up the FA Cup quarter-final results. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. OK, Robbie Earl, mm. let's start in uh, North London. Mm. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, big game against uh, yeah. top four rivals, of course, West Ham United. Spurs come out on top 3-1 in this game. Mm. Um, you know what? I, I thought it was a, a really entertaining kind of open match. Mm. Two good teams, for the most part, matched up really, really well. I thought yeah. West Ham started really good, passed the ball well, possessed well. Spurs, as we know, you know, started off with, okay, you go ahead and do yeah. your thing. Mm. And of course, they win the ball. Doty wins the ball back. Yeah. You know, a couple of little movements, typical with Spurs. Mm. Ball goes in the box and Zuma scores an own goal. And then the game is off and running. And, yeah. that, and then from that point on, you know, you had, a, you had, it was kind of, I just thought it was a really good game of mm. football um, with West Ham maybe running out of a little bit of steam yeah. towards the second half of the game. Not unexpected given their Europa League game on, on Thursday, um, which went a severe game, which went to extra time. Um, but in general, mate, just as a big picture thought, I just thought it was two good teams mm. in good fettle, playing with confidence. Mm. But in this game, Spurs obviously came out on top. Yeah, and I think when you look at two managers, Rob, I was interested, you know, that, that um, David Moyes had talked a little bit about Thursday night and the emotion of getting past Sevilla and getting into the Europa League quarterfinal. But that wasn't going to be an excuse. That he wanted, you know, he, he said his, his team are re reliable now and he knows what he's going to get. I mean, Jared Bowen's a miss, mate. When you, when you look at, at mm. the Spurs front three, and Kulisatsky, who we'll talk about, who's settling so well, Son and Kane, I mean, that's just a, a three that can really cause some damage. Um, and you think Jared Bowen is, is, is that guy. Michael Antonio, we believe, was probably was only going to ever get an hour out of him. He, he'd had a uh, thigh injury before. So there were circumstances for West Ham. I actually thought there was a spell, Rob, short of the mm. second half, where look, West Ham played some good football and started to create one or two chances. And that was the one point in the game. And I was thinking, as I was watching him, I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm chuck this one past Musty and see in terms of these times in new shape. We know the tactic with, with Conte is set his team up. But be difficult to, to break down, hit the counter-attacks. I mean, the goals, the second goal was a stunning one, a perfect example mm, of what you want. Mm. But there was just a few times with, with Spurs out of possession, Rob, that I felt they weren't totally in control. There was times that, that, that West Ham were causing them a few more problems than I think Conte would like. That I understand that we've not got the ball. I understand that we've got to fill holes and, and have spaces and know where to work. And I think they do that well. But I still think these work to be done. I still think to work in process where I feel totally comfortable. This Chelsea team, I used to think, God, you, can't, you aren't going to play through these. Now and then, I just feel with this team that it, it just isn't quite grooved at that level yet. I, listen, I don't disagree with that, that last part, Rob, that it's not, it's not like a Chelsea mm. really strong defensive unit. Yeah. And that's, that's been their weak point over recent weeks. And that's kind mm. of one of the main reasons why it's been win, loss, win, loss, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I agree on the most part, Rob, mm. with, the, with the way they defend. That being said, I thought today, I don't know whether I, I thought there was as solid as I've seen them. Now, mm -hmm. of course, you take out the set-piece goal, Rob. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really poor. I think it's Sean Winsona gets caught in the yeah, back post. Yeah. He loses his man. Uh, they concede a goal. But other than that, and I know what you mean because there was a good period where, you know, that's where I'm sort of sat back in my chair thinking, this is a good game. Yeah, like, this is, yeah. Both teams have got a good opportunity mm. to, to, to kind of win the game. 
But I, but I didn't think it was a Spurs look dodgy back line, Rob, today. No, so... and I wasn't just necessarily saying the back four. I just felt at times the whole team structure, at times, Hoiberg was pointing to one or two, and it, it felt like they weren't quite as controlled as maybe they would like it. Now, I'm, I'm saying, listen, it, it's part of work. It was interesting because I, I, I listened to the presses last night for the game, and, and Conte's just starting to say, I'm starting to see the fruits of some of my work. That he's a guy who said, I won't really see that till I've pre-season, <clears throat> till I get six weeks of work into these guys. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the reason why that we're starting to see a little bit of what he wants and the structure, as you say. And you don't give too much away now. You know, Romero, I think, can mature into a really decent centre-half. Conte goes overboard at times with Eric Dyer, but there's a maturity coming. And Ben Davies continues to be trustworthy and, and solid. Um, you know... The, I think will be upgrades in the in the future. If, if Conte's there next season and he's given the support that you would like to think Spurs will do, there'll be upgrades back there to make that even stronger and better. I quite liked... I, I like the fact that Doherty's getting a run. Yeah. Always did like Doherty, yeah. Matt Doherty at Wolves. And, you know, it's a big jump up in club and mm. expectation and, and, you know, performances are analysed a lot more at mm. a club like Spurs and Wolves. I like him on the right-hand side. Regalong, I thought, had a good game. Yeah. Was, like, fired up. I mean, he, he was getting forward a lot. Mm. He had a couple of opportunities. He went through. He went down a couple of times. There's a bit of a bit of a drama queen yeah. when, he, when he goes down a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Romero's a good centre-back, Rob. I don't think the others are. Like, you, like you, I agree with what you said. There'll be upgrades. Ben Davis for me, has never been... He's, he's good on the ball. Mm. And Eric Dyer is good on the ball. So sometimes Dyer, when he comes through midfield, and he swings the ball out to either flank. Really good technique. I'm sure he's a, he's a leader of a guy as well, Rob. You know, I think we know that about him. All the previous managers have liked the way that he handles himself, Eric yeah. Dyer. So, uh, fine. But I think against the best teams and to be consistently strong defensively, I mean, it's just my opinion. I mean, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe Antonio Conte loves him, but but I think that Davis and Dyer mm. would be would be reasons why this team isn't like a a solid Chelsea or a, you know where you just you just kind of like wow like it's so strong defensively. And of course, we know that Antonio Conte loves that. Remember the yeah. Bonucci and Barzali and yeah. Kalini at Juventus, mm. and my goodness, talk about defenders there. Um, I like the midfield. Hoiberg, Bentoncourt's done really, yeah, really well. Bentecourt's it's the front three, Rob, yeah. that excel. Mm. And you, you said it right at the beginning. I made the same note, Rob. The difference is the front players. Yeah. And, you know, all the all the, the, um, the Antonio Conte wants to see improvement in his team, surely he's got to be pretty satisfied, oh. particularly yeah. now with Kulusevsky coming into this mm. team, Rob, and, and offering a different foil, a different yeah. sort of player than, than Hyomin Son and Harry Kane. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's a connecting player. He's a little one-two player without being super technical and skillful. He isn't one of them where you're like, well, what a skillful player he is. He, he's just, he's just, he makes good decisions. Good decisions. Good decisions. Yeah, well, been when well to pass it, when to like have a shot, when to play one-two, when to keep it safe, when to play. I mean, he just makes naturally good decisions. Uh, and he's different to uh, Son and Kane. That's why I think it's working really well in that front line. Yeah, and he's different to Bergwijn and Lucas, who's the other players who've gone in there and... We see one good game and a couple not. The left foot coming in, I think, is a nice balance, a, a nice complement yeah. to what they do. And you say, I, I think I said to Rebecca today, he's got really good football intelligence, Rebecca. I said, he, mm. he makes good decisions. He knows where mm. to be. He knows tactically and positionally where to be. So he, he's got his, his, his defensive role. Um, I mean, they're, they're talking about it's an 18 months loan with an option. You would definitely think they'll want to get that option done pretty quickly and get him tied down because he's a talent and, and he's balanced him off really nicely. It's interesting because I think Beck said, I think it was on air, but possibly he was off. We were just chatting about it and she said, you know, Kulisevsky is really settled. Benton Kerr is coming into a game. If you're Spurs now, wouldn't you start to trust Conte a little bit more and go, OK, go and, go and find me another couple who, we, who can add in the summer or three or four at the level? You know, we've seen Spurs sometimes waste money or spend a lot of money on players that haven't really, you know, I remember the Bale money and Ericsson and how many players we've seen rotating in and out of this football club. Mm. As, as, as Conte possibly in the trust, do you think, with, with these two who've come in and, and improved the team pretty much, gone into the first team and improved the team? Well, remember, Rob, it's Fabio Paratici, yeah, really, who, that's who got to be trusted. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's him probably but will they get? Will, will they give him the money to, to be trusted, to go and you know, do three or four more bits of good business? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, it, it, I think uh, Daniel Levy knows that money's got to be spent. Mm. It's not, he's not going to find a ton more yeah. money, Rob, from somewhere that they yeah. wouldn't have already budgeted. 
Um, so I, I don't think we're ever going to see Spurs spend lots of money, but it encourages everybody, including the board, Daniel Levy, the fans, that the Paratici's signings, you actually look pretty good. Mm. And the contacts in Italian football are probably going to be a, a good little line of, of talent from yeah. in, into the Spurs side. So I, I don't... I think there's always money available at Spurs. It's never a great deal. Levy's super tight with it, mm. but he's got to be quite satisfied, Rob, that maybe finally... And again, yeah. remember we had the, on the last show, Rob, I went on and on about this, these two parts of the oh, club, yeah, yeah. the director of football, the mm. recruitment, and the head coach. Maybe. I think we know that the head coach at Spurs, Rob, is the right guy in Antonio yeah. Conte. No, I mean, like, that's not for debate. He's the right guy. Now, Paratici, maybe he's the right guy too. Mm. And these, these two, have, have we said many times, done it before together. They've built teams. They've won championships. Uh, Juventus. So, in that regard, it looks like something that could work well, Rob. And again, yeah. it's like, it's, it's just... Again, I don't want to keep talk, talking about it, but you've got to have both parts in football clubs and the football department, recruitment and coaching. Mm. And it looks like Spurs have got a couple of good ones. Yeah, and let's just, just move it quickly to, to West Ham because, um, as you say, Rob, I think they've shown that there's, there's quality, the circumstances which they came into the game, 120 minutes on, on Thursday night, emotional match that they got through. Are we in a position where, and I know David Moyes didn't want to say this before the game, like it's an either-or, will we go Europa, obviously they're in the quarterfinals of that competition or, or the Premier League. Is, is, is he likely to, with eight games to go, start to favour more the Europa League? Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Rob. I hadn't mm. thought about it. Um, mm. I don't know whether this is more small. Style. It's, it's not his way, is it? Now, style. I don't think so either. And that's my, the reason I ask. I think, I think every next game is important to David Moyes, and we deal with that, and then we move on to what comes after. Throwing back this talk that he'll be back after the international break, which would be a massive boost. Maybe Antonio can get a little bit of rest and recovery and get himself fit for mm. the last game. Eight games left now, uh, West Ham. It's going to be difficult for them to make top four, but top six is still a possibility. And, and you know, they want to continue the European thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Europa League is great. I mean, brilliant. Uh, uh, incredible yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Quarterfinals now after beating Sevilla. Obviously, you win that, you're in the Champions League anyway, mm. which is fantastic. You know what's interesting, Rob? And, and I, think, I think what we're seeing is what you might expect from a team, a club that's that sifted out, done a little bit of uh, business, and I've got a really good core group of players now. Yeah. We know it's not a big squad, Rob. Hence, mm. they're kind of, well, today. They've, they've, you know, they've, they've come up a little bit short today. Yeah. I think they're going to come up a little bit short in the in the top four race domestically through the league quali qualifying. I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your... The question you just asked me, I throw it back to you, Rob, because this is more relevant for me than yeah. your question. Are the, are the owners of West Ham going to trust David Moyes to give him more money? Because yeah. West Ham has spent a yeah. lot of money, by the yeah. way, before, Rob. Yeah, on, they, on, have, yeah. on, they have spent money mm. and not been wisely spent. Mm. But in terms of trusting the manager right now, they've never yeah. trusted him as much as they do right now. David Moyes had him before and then let him go and some, somebody else. Is this the time for West Ham to say, Absolutely you know what, good manager, not. he's careful with his player recruitment, let's give him some more money? Because I think they should. I thought they should have done in the January window, yeah. Rob. I thought they should have brought in another striker, you know, to, mm. to support, to help, or, or attacking midfield player that can play up there. Mm. Is this the time that they trust yeah. their manager in the summer? You're absolutely right. You only have to see the scenes, Rob, on Thursday night after that severe game mm. with the London Stadium that we did, all the stories, how far you are from the pitch, and that there's no atmosphere. It's starting to come together. This guy's changed the football club. This wasn't a West Ham who played on a Thursday night and weren't really at the races. It was a West Ham who had a go, had good peers in the game and kind of got beaten by the back team and ran out of a little bit of steam, which is, is understandable. So the next step, the next addition, is, that is absolutely important for West Ham because West Ham can be... A top six, top eight team. Of course they can. With the of course right they can. With they they get 50,000 people, whatever 50, 000, it is. 50,000, got 10,000 waiting on, on a list to, to turn it up to, to 60,000. So I'll chuck mm. one back at you, my friend, just before we move on. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's an interesting one, because I'm actually not sure which way I go, I, I think. What would be the bigger accomplishment for West Ham? Top, a top four spot, finish fourth, or winning the Europa League? So... You're guaranteed Champions League through the top four or mm. winning the Europa League? Hmm. In terms of accomplishment, Rob, and this mm. is a great question. It's yeah. debatable, right? And I'm going to go two sides of it. So I'm going to cover my base a little bit. But, but, but more impressive accomplishment, so I think what your question was, yeah. is finishing in the top four in the Premier yeah. League yeah. for me. Yeah. Given, 
given the competition, given the size of clubs, given the amount of money that's spent by the other clubs to get in that top four. Now, what the fans would love to see is win the Europa League. Yeah. May, I mean, it'd be amazing. That, you know, in terms of the glory and the fan involvement and the satisfaction, of course, I think we know as players, Rob, my goodness, it was all about winning trophies, wasn't it? You know, so, um, so I've kind of answered it. The answer is top four in terms of accomplishment, but, but general kind of feeling around the club, you know, go, go and win the Europa League. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, to win the Europa, they might have to take on Barcelona, which is going to be an interesting game to see in the London Stadium. But, yeah, I actually, uh, I was the same, but I actually think a Europa League win. Win a trophy. I mean, yeah, this club, you know, there's so many of these big clubs who've, who've been giants back in the day, who've won, the, you know, some, some huge stuff. And then and nowhere near. I talk, think of Newcastle. I think of Everton. I think of West Ham. Think of Leeds. Now, winning a Europa League would be massive for, for, for that West Ham fan base. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Rob, we're gonna let, let's wait for our top four who's going to do it until we've gone, done the next game, um, mm. which is Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Yeah. Really interesting game of football, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I, I, I love watching both of these teams at mm. the moment. Super fascinating about how they're developing under Steven yeah. Gerrard, of course, Aston Villa. Mm. Arsenal came out, of course, in this game 1 uh, 0. Bakaro Saka scored in the 30th minute for yeah. another really impressive performance and win by this Arsenal team. Um, they continue, Rob, to. Well, I'll tell you, let, let me put it this way, uh, and I think I tweeted out as such, that for the first time for many, many years, I, I think, like, and I'm, again, I'm a little bit scared to say it, but I think you know what you're going to get with Arsenal. Mm -hmm. I, the, over the last few weeks and months, I know what I'm getting. I know they're going to play. I know tactically, tactically they're going to play. I know who's going to play in most spots. I know they're going to try and... Um, uh, dominant possession. I know they're going to try and be fluid and it's going to be some silky football at times. I know they're going to drop back in two banks or four behind the ball when they haven't got the ball. I know that there's more steel now. There's more durability that's this obvious in the team now. So, like, instead of going into each game thinking, well, what, you know, is this what else are we going to get today? Mm. I mean, of course, it's, it's credit to Arteta. We talked about it last time about Edu bringing the players in, the young players, the youngest squad by far in the Premier League. It's exciting times. Villa Park, mate, we've both played there yeah. and we both enjoyed playing there. We know what it's like there. It's a, it's a, it's a proper football club, a noisy uh, club, a, a club that's going in a, in a good direction with, with the ownership and with Stephen Jard now. And to go there and to look as, as good as they did, I thought Villa were, were particularly poor in the first half, yeah. but credit to Arsenal. Yeah. Their football, Rob, and the way they build up is giving teams... Lots of problems. The technicality they've got in, in, in those spots is a problem because they're technically good. They don't give the ball away, you know. So, impressive. Impressive Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's not forget, it was off the back of Otata talking about playing Liverpool on the Wednesday and it was an early game. And I wondered if it was going to be one of those where, uh, you know, that's, that's what's going to hold them back. But they didn't do that. For, for the first half, they dominated the game, as you say. Their football was better. Their movement was better with the ball. Without the ball, they were difficult to play against. Um, and I've said before, Robin, I think going back on pods and this, uh, this was almost like a, a, a learning stage for this group and, and our chatter together. And they've got to go through some things. And I thought they came through something at, at the weekend. I think they came through playing Liverpool, playing well, not winning, going to Aston Villa a couple of days down the road, and... Uh, away from home, okay, might not be one five straight on, uh, on the bounce away from home. I just think that, that this Arsenal team are maturing as a group. I thought the manager made a couple of good subs at right times, holding yeah. in at one point, just changed the game, just affected what was going on the pitch. You know, the, the, the setup of the team, the, the understanding from those young players when they need to tuck in and, and sit tight and be part of a four of them. We, we've known that, we're central midfield players. I've had, we've had wingers who sit out there and let you be chasing up and down. Sometimes you have to be a bank of four for 10 minutes mm. in a game and then you get back on top of it. 
it looks to me mm. like all those learnings are starting to come together. Um, and then when you add the talent, and then you, when you add what, what could be brought in in terms of next step, it starts to look really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this game, Rob, was a Bukaro Saka game. Yeah. He, yeah. he, start, he starred in the game. This is eighth Premier League goal. Last time it was Martinelli. It's often Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah. No, no, normally, Od- Odegaard is a very consistent, steady player. So between those, it's nice when when one or two are probably going to do something yeah. pretty good for the team. Yeah. Lacazette is a position, um, I think he's doing absolutely fine in terms of his role in the side as a, as a striker that mm-hmm. comes de- uh, deep to link the play. That's a place they can, they can obviously upgrade, Rob, and they probably yeah. will. You need to talk about going to the next level in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the window. I think that when you looked at the bench, it's pretty obvious that the squad is thin. And, yeah. you know, a top four push now, which they're in prime position to do, I think they've got to be they've got to stay clear of injuries because it's not a deep squad. And as you said, given the changes, Rob, that they've done over the last twelve months, really, in terms of letting people go and loaning them out and paying off contracts and getting rid of uh, of lots of issues they feel with the club, mm. it's a little thin. Yeah. But I mean, my goodness, to to get to where they are now, given the start of the season, et cetera, et cetera, mm. it's pretty good. And and I think you know, like like, I think bottom line, bottom line is. We know what Arsenal are with the ball, yeah. and I think the we are we now as importantly we know what they are without the ball. Rob, mm-hmm. all, there's all it's, it's okay to have young talent. There's encouragement there with that kind of ability, uh, the youth part of it. But there's got to be a steel and a resilience. Yeah. And I think when you say about learning and growing, that's what they're doing. I think we said it months ago, Rob, that this team was showing great like potential. Just play minutes, 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 yeah. minutes, minutes. Experiences, wins, losses, fights, arguments. Get in those situations where they're learning, and that's as valuable as anything else they're doing right now. Rob is that is what they're learning, yeah. which will hold them in an amazing stead for next season, season after that. It's a young team that are, that are going to get better. Their production will get better. I, I'm sure that Arteta will insist on that, given how he saw the the, the wide players at City yeah. score many many goals. So. I think, like you talked about Spurs, Rob, about you're still not sure about them defensively. I'm still a little bit like that with with Arsenal. Mm. Um, I thought Matt, um, Gabriel played well. Yeah. I'm just and Ben. I just I'm just still a, I'm a little I'm still a little anxious. But you know maybe that's wrong because yeah. again Villa are a good side. Villa are a better second half by the way. Yeah, much better, much better. more yeah, energy much second better. half, and, yeah. and Arsenal yeah. ready to, to handle it. Mm. And, and, and it's interesting, Rob. I just wanted to um, gain your take because you weren't in this weekend. Because um, Rebecca said we were chatting, and, and like the scenes after were, were were high emotion. Like there was the, the lads got round Bert Leno, we made a save at the end. And Ramsdale, come on, who wasn't wasn't fit enough to play and, and got involved. It was a real. The fans were going, and yeah, there, there could be an argument depending which side of the fence you're on. It could be an argument like three points. Is it a bit going over the top? But I, you know, I remember saying to Bex, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with what you... Sometimes mm. you go through a tough one together and the fans mm. almost see it and feel it. We saw it at Liverpool uh, at home in, at, the, at the Emirates when they played on, on the night and the fans got involved. I get the sense of fans are feeling like there's something coming here. There could be something coming here. There's well, a connection. Right. You know what, Rob? So a couple of things. First of all, I'm sure that's what they're feeling. Mm. And... You know, it wasn't many times in my career, Rob. It was during kind of promotions yeah. and, and cup runs that we did great. Yeah. That you, you know something special is happening. And that's the phrase I've used before. You know, when a team knows something special is happening, it adds an extra level of performance. Yeah. It just does. Mm. Effort, focus, you know, confidence. That, that, all that combined is very powerful. And I think that's what you're seeing. Second thing I want to mention with this, Rob, and, and you know, it kind of coincides with something else I was going to talk to you a little bit about, like only a side note, really, yeah. about how good the season is. At what great games we've had, what great celebrations we've had, what big moments and, and manager kind of uh, moments. Do you think, Rob, like it's a couple of, couple of oldies, us. I think in, in years gone by, we would have like frowned a little bit at some of these, this exuberant some, celebration yeah, from some, managers, yeah, from players. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the fan connection and doing, mm. doing daft things and waving to fans, or yeah, I, I'm starting to think it's all right. And I think you're seeing it more and more, Rob, as a way of managers trying to connect 
Because I mean, Frank Lampard's done it before when they yeah, had a victory. I yeah, think it was against yeah. Leeds. I mean, yeah, it went. went yeah, crazy, yeah. It's okay, isn't it? It's, it's okay to over celebrate. Okay. Let, what let, what let, we normally think is it's over celebrating. Yeah, and, and in the past, let, let me also give you another slight different slant in in, in um, making your point. We've had two and a half years, Rob, where we've not been in stadiums, yeah. where fans haven't no. been, where Good there point. hasn't been no connection. And I think both people are starting to appreciate it. The fans are starting to realise how much football. And the football, the players are starting to realise it's not the same without you guys. And you can win a North London derby in an empty stadium and you run two to thing, and it's not the same. And so, you know, I'm OK with it. I'm absolutely mm. OK mm. with it. And, and we're seeing a new phenomenon, Rob, of, of managers walking on the pitch mm. and hugging. That never happened in our day. Manager be in the, in the, <laughs> manager be on the pitch, he's straight down the, the, the tunnel, usually grab a pint of beer and talk about the team. But, you know, and, mm. and, and I think we've got to embrace it. it. It's another element that's added to the game. It's another connection to the game. And um, I, I was all in. I loved the scenes at the end of, at, at Arsenal. You know, if I was yeah. an Arsenal fan, I'd be looking on that pitch going, we've got some great young talent here. And, and we, 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 we look like we're, 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 we're going in the right direction. Just, just last thing on that, Robin. I just mm. want to point out one player in a second. Um, but I, I remember reading some stuff about about why things like I don't know, like like why things go viral, social media wise, or um, you know, in the entertainment world or the in our world that we're in, the media mm. world. Mm -hmm. the, the the what you want to do, and you just it just sprung to mind is is provoke emotion, provoke emotion in your broadcasting, in your content. In entertainment, in, in, in entertainment, if you can, now that might be, to be fair, it could be anger, it yeah. could be laughter, it could be joy, happiness, mm. but I think it's entertaining, bottom line. Bottom line is, it's entertaining when you could, when there's emotion involved. So if a team celebrate and, 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 and goes over the top a little bit, you know, fans are there, they're cheering, they're laughing, they're, they're singing or whatever. So, yeah, side note a little bit. So we're both in, um, you know, we both feel the same way with that kind of stuff, Rob. One last thing, you know, with Arsenal, and we've talked about the young players and what they've brought. There's one guy we've talked about uh, spending money, wasting money. Yeah. My underappreciated performer for Arsenal Football Club this weekend is Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey, 28 years of age, loads of experience, Atletico Madrid, mm. in that league, Champions League, advanced stages experience. I remember when he signed, Rob, I said, well, congratulations, Arsenal fans. You're instantly better. And to be fair, it, it didn't look that way, Rob. For, for many weeks and months, it, it, and he's, he's very rarely got injured playing in Spain, injured a lot, took his time. He is now looking and playing and feeling like a leader. He should be a leader at Arsenal Football Club, given what he's done, given the sort of player he is. And it was the first time... Even it might have been a few silly things like a few turns out of trouble, a few yeah. forward passes, yeah. a few interceptions where <clears throat> I'm thinking he is a good player. He is a top, top defensive-minded central midfield yeah. player. And now I think the Arsenal fans are going to start to see it. So it's one player that we've, we haven't really talked about. Yeah. I thought he was excellent in this game against Aston Villa with a few classy moments. Um, yeah, so, you know, somebody that's not been talked a lot about, Rob, Thomas Partey. Mm -hmm. Is a, is a big part of what they're doing. And the way that they play, they rely on him because there's a little bit of spread in midfield mm. and he's he's asked to sit and protect that back four. I thought he was good and I think he is good and I think he's going to be a big part of Arsenal's kind of story going forward. It's a really good shout, mate. You know, often, you know, the young boys have got all the headlines and getting the goals, but, you know, we've always talked about that spine and that player there. And it was really interesting because, you, you, again, you, 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 you got a thought of mine yesterday and it's just, you know, sometimes you're sitting there and you're watching the game and Lacazette went off, and Lacazette was captain, and he, he had the armband, and he gave it to Thomas Partey and pointed to Tierney. And I was like, you know, pass this on to, keep, to Tierney. And Partey thought, yeah, well, what's captain. he doing? There's your captain, Arsenal. There's your guy who's going to play, yeah. who's going to... That's your next captain in the football club. And it, it just hit me, that man. You, you've, obviously, you've got him as your underappreciated performer of the week, and it's a good shout, really good shout. But a, a mm. responsible, disciplined... Focus, experience. experience. It, it could be that key guy in the middle of the park, and the captaincy again might might just take him to another level, Rob, which they mm. can do. So, yeah, really good shout, mm. Thomas Partey, on the play, mm. on the appreciate performance of the week. Let's talk about one of again the performances of the week. As you say, this league at times, Rob, I really just 
can't understand how much... If you, if you were writing it as a soap opera, people would say, don't be stupid. All this can't happen in a game. It was Wolves 2, it was Leeds 3. It was... It had, it had injuries, it had substitutions, it had concussion subs, it had red cards, it had goals, it had drama, it had... It had Leeds United, and that's one of the things that I love about Leeds. They bring a personality, they bring something to the league. Let's talk about the... the the first half, Wolves go 2-0 up. Uh, Johnny uh, and Trincao gets, gets the second goal just before half-time. Leeds switched off, not great. 2-0 down at half-time, up against it, Rob. Really up, up up against it. I mean, up against it, Rob. They, they had three, was it three injured players in the yeah, first half? Yeah, yeah. Uente came off, Click came mm. off. Banford, who they've been waiting forever, comes yeah. back and he, and he lands awkwardly on his ankle or whatever it was. He's out of the game. You've got 19-year-old in Charlie Cressel, Rob, come into the game. Yeah. You've got uh, Sam Greenwood, 20 years of age, come into the game as well. Yeah. Calvin Phillips is on the bench, but the manager said afterwards he was yeah. never going to get on. Yeah. He's just not ready to play. Yeah. All that and 2-0 down at half-time. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. I, can't even, I don't even know how they did it now, thinking about it. Of course, one of the main reasons they did it yeah. was the red card of Raul Jimenez, Correct. the Mexican striker that's collided with the goalkeeper, Melier, for a second yellow. Uh, no, I didn't see your analysis on this, Rob. I saw the incident, but okay. I, didn't, I didn't see what you guys yeah, said we, in the we, studio about it. Okay. I mean, I was, I was kind of shocked it was a yellow card, yeah. a second yellow. What yeah. did you guys think we, in the studio? Exactly the same. So we had two or three good looks and replays, Rob, and then we got a magnifying one that showed... That it, it, it was a ball over the top that yeah. Jimenez run, that Melier gets there first. Um, Jimenez's foot never comes up. He still never yeah. raised. It, it's a collision that happens in the game. It was a collision that neither, neither man should have been booked. It was, you know, Melier had to come off, which was a shame because he got knocked. But that happens in football. It's contact sport. Jimenez should have been on the pitch. He gets a second yellow, which is a red now. He's off the pitch. Um... I thought it was a really, really poor decision. And my, as I looked at it first time, I'm saying, my, my first thought was, that's, yeah, that's okay, it's nothing too bad. And then you look again, you think, well, has he late lifted his foot? Has he caught him anywhere? Jimenez does nothing. He, he challenges for a ball, which, which is very open to the goalkeepers out, of, out of his goal. The goalkeepers are in, in, in the field of play. I mean, it, the ball was in between two. The goal yeah. is way out of his goal. Any strike, you've got to go for that ball, given what might happen if you get mm. there first or you, yeah. you ricochet. I, you've got to go for that ball, and there was no intent to hurt the Absolutely. goalkeeper whatsoever. He gets a fraction early, by the way, yeah. and, the, and, and you're going to get some collisions. So, Correct. Yeah, it's a break for Leeds. Yeah. It was a break for Leeds. And then, of course, Harrison scores, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, Rodrigo there scores some lovely yeah. football. I mean, what, one thing they are, Rob, and they, and they probably always will be with this squad, they, they, they I mean, they, they charge around like nobody's <laughs> yeah, business. I mean, yeah. they always did it. And, yeah. and Jesse March, of course, what he's done, he's given them, you know, they've gone away with a man v man. Yeah. So they're yeah. more of a traditional Mostly. team defensively in terms of the set of yeah. structure and zonal marking defensively. Great. But they're still like... I mean, they're, 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 they they just run all over the place. And there was times, Rob, I think commentators talked about it, where I'm like, did you... I, 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 must, must have been commentators in the game talked yeah. about, just calm down a little bit. Yeah. Just like, yeah. calm down, take... Just mm. be a little bit more careful. Now, I'm not surprised, because the nature of what the players are, Rob, from, of course, the, the four years of Bielsa's kind yeah. of... Uh, yeah. And also... Jesse March, and to be fair to Victor or to the director of football mm. who brought him in, similar kind of ideas yeah, in terms of transitions yeah. get forward. Yeah. And you got the 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 incredible energy and passion and drive from Jesse March. Mm. All those things chucked into a mixer, mate. That's why you're seeing these crazy, like a million miles an hour team that, that anything is possible. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're likely to concede, because yeah. I remember saying this, Rob, that a different structure will make them better. They won't mm. get the four, five, six against, but they're, but they're not very good defensively. So Pascal Strauch struggled. So, yeah. so they are going to concede goals, like ones and twos that we've seen, um, you know, and a few more actually, and even the manager, but, but it's going to be less so. Mm. But I mean, just an incredible, incredible finish from them. Luke Ailey, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just the celebrations, mate, and, and some of the drama that this team <laughs> can produce. Uh, it is is pretty amazing, and and back to back wins mm. for Leeds United, yeah. twenty nine points. There's a little light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. It's not big, Rob. It's no, not it's big, a little, but it's, it's a, a little, it's light. A little light. They yeah. got to get to yeah. thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. 
and they've got to get there. But, and, and you've just mentioned somebody, Rob, who um, I want to go to on, on the day, and he got the, the winner, the dramatic winner uh, in this game. Uh, Luke Ayling, my friend, who has probably come through football the hard way. He was, was in academy at Arsenal, like to go off, went, I think, to the Huddersfield, and then he's come at Leeds, been in championship for a number of years, and probably under Bielsa thought, you know, this is a guy that's going to take me to the Premier League and, and do my thing. And as a captain of a club like Leeds, it, you're all in, Rob. You're all in. You're all in behind Bielsa. So I would imagine he's had quite a big role to play in. Bielsa's now gone. We've got to move on as a team. We've got to get behind this new manager. And, and his kind of drive, whether he's playing right back, centre back, midfield, his energy, his personality spread through this team. And for him to get the goal w- w- was important, but the celebration, the, the oath to <laughs> Robbie Keane, the terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible well, I think it Robbie... was just, it's all a bit of fun, Robbie Keane. Thing. Yeah, well, Robbie, Pe- Robbie Keane played for both teams, didn't he? So apparently it was, a, it was like a, a tip of the hat to him. But yeah, he said, you know, it was a terrible attempt, terrible cartwheel and, and finish. Mm-hmm. But just shows you, and that was another little example of the personality. You can imagine, he said, if I score today, I'm going to do the Robbie Keane, blah, 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 and all the lads are in on it. And, you, as yeah. we know, mate, all those little things, those little nuances, those little connections in the dressing room mean so much. And I just think he's had a really big role to play, not only getting this team up into the Premier League, what he did last season, moving on from Bielsa, making sure everybody's on side with it. And, you know, five, six more points in, and we can look forward to Leeds again in, in this league. Because Leeds brings something, mate. Leeds bring something. And I also want to just have a, have a little... Um, no, for Jesse Marsh, really, mate. The last two results and the way he's done it, and and that he's, I love his personality. I mean, he he, he was talking in the Sky game be, with the guys like looked like an hour or so before the game, very relaxed, very sort of American in that we talk to the media. He's not stuck in the dressing room, very open, very self-deprecating. And you know, oh, I'm the American with the voice and the Ted Lasso, and he, so he throws it out, so that can't be done, and. He could be a pioneer for American football, this guy. That's how big this opportunity and this role could be. If he can keep this team in the league, if he can continue to grow this team and they mature and it gets his messages across in the right way and they buy well, he could leave a mark that others will follow, Rob. And it's a really important thing for Jesse Marsh because if he doesn't, it becomes another American who's failed in the Premier League. And, oh, we're not, they're not ready yet. And, and we live here, we, we see people, we know people, we know coaches. Paul Buckle, uh, Rebecca's husband, has been on uh, pro licenses with the likes of Jesse Morrison. and talks about his good intelligence here. People need the opportunity. And uh, just hope Jesse Morse can continue because there's more coaches, there's more um, good voices in, in, in America who are looking for a chance. Rob, t- first of all, mate, Luke Ayling's a great shout. I mean, mm. talk about typify the energy yeah. and and the and the the, the the just the flipping the pace and the the drive coming yeah. from this group of players yeah. jesse march is really interesting rob really interesting and it's a good it's a good time to chat about him a little bit because things are looking good yeah i mean i talked about the seven uh 29 points they've got that's a seven point gap towards the bottom so still work to do yeah. but that that this t- at this time the is really really good now i think then whether you guys said it or i heard it like um, Jesse Marsh should just be himself. Yeah, and himself, I've yeah. yeah. got to say, is different, right? Yeah. It's different in terms of interviews. Now, he, he is so open in interviews. Mm. He so wants to come across and fit in and say the right things and come across as being smart, which he is. Uh, and it's, it's him and it's his way. Yeah. Fine. He doesn't, for me, he doesn't need to do it, Rob. The, 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 the the team and the results will will say everything that I want to yeah. I want to see about him as a manager. I don't, so well, you're not the, the general it, public, Rob, are you? You're not. You're what? more. You're, you're more considered opinion, considered voice in the game. So it's not necessarily for you, is it? What the 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 uh, the, 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 the way he's communicating and being out there and thingy. Isn't necessarily to, to get Robbie Mustard on side because Robbie but, Mustard will yeah, take his, it, all right. But you'll Even take your view from me. his team, won't you, and how they play and what they do. You'll take your your cues from there. Other people will take the cues from how he sounds, or if he says PKs, or if he says on the road. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's what the reality of what's going to happen in, in with the, some of the British public and some of the British media, mate. No, I, I, OK, yeah, maybe you're right, Rob, and maybe... Maybe it's important that he, he he does portray his 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 philosophy in some mm. ways, the way he is. I, I, yeah, may, maybe you're right, Rob. I, 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 I may, maybe the Leeds fans and and the general Premier League fans want to see that. And what's this guy all about? He's an American guy. We don't get many American coaches coming to Premier League. Um, but but you know we laugh about the, the isms, don't we, Rob? Yeah. The, the, we laugh about that yeah. because yeah. like. We, we live here and it's mm. absolutely normal to us. And who gives a crap anyway what, yeah. what you want to call it or what you want to do, anything like that. And by the way, I think he speaks brilliantly yeah. and there's nothing to pick out anyway of what he no. says that's, that's like would put anybody off. Um, I just hope, I just think he doesn't need, well, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just like, I think you don't need to, mate. You're doing, mm. you're doing a brilliant job. Yeah. Your football's going to tell everything. Your yeah. football, your results, if they stay up this, this, this season, and then, then you know, you've got the challenge of trying to build things more at the club and get them higher up, of course, yeah. which is a difficult thing to, to try and take this club forward. Um, that, that will be the real, the real kind of, you know, judgment on whether what sort of coach he is. Yeah. This is a difficult situation. I said it when he first signed, Rob, this has got to be the hardest coaching job to come into in English football is Leeds United following Bielsa. Yeah. And my goodness, he's bringing energy. He's bringing smarts. He's bringing organization uh, in a very t difficult, a very difficult situation. And these back-to-back -back late dramatic wins, mm. I mean, you're, you're right, Rob. You're right. If, if, he, if he becomes really well-liked, which is on the way to doing right now, and gets them out of trouble in a really tough season for them with all the injuries and everything else that happened at the club, then well done. But he's doing everything right. Um, it's just it's not often you see somebody so expressive in their interviews yeah. and so long and, and so open and honest. I mean, it's I guess it's just weird that yeah. managers can be that way. I mean, Thomas, um, Thomas Tuchel's very honest yeah, in what he yeah. says, and some of the others as well. Yeah. But in general, you don't see anybody speak with so much intelligence and, uh, and passion about his, his job in English football. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yes. Another guy who speaks with, with passion, uh, Brendan Rogers. His Leicester team faced Brentford today. And um, what's been kind of disappointing league campaign? Yes, we know there's been lots of injuries and, and, and changes certainly defensively from Leicester's point of view. And then Jamie Vardy's been out over recent weeks and we know what he brings to him. But it was, it was an important game for Leicester, Rob, because they threw now in the uh, Europa uh, Conference League, so into the, the quarterfinals of that. And that obviously gets you a Euro, Europa place. So the attention, I, I assume, at some point will go there. But it's important that they continue to get league points and, you know, top off of the, uh, of the table where they want to be after, you know, two uh, top five finishes, and we go back to 2015-16, winning the title, just felt that this was an important day for, for Brendan to get things back on the road and keep things ticking along. Needed the win, Rob, I agree. Yeah. Needed the win. Like, you know, Brentford got a victory last time. Mm. Maybe it's a good time to play Brentford when there's a little bit of space. They can just maybe the pressure's off of Brentford yeah. a little bit. We saw brilliant goals in the game. Mm. Um, you know, amazing free kick from, from Madison and, and Wissa's lovely strike with no backlift into the corner to make it 2-1. Um, it, it is important for Brennan Rogers, Rob, because you know what happens? Like, if you go in, if you if you finish this season still on a bit of a lull, still on like bottom half of the table yeah. and wasn't very good, that it, that it might affect next season. And then people start to say, "Well, I remember the, yeah. the back end of the season yeah. they fell away." There yeah. was yeah. so I think it's important that they finish on a bit of a good run and get mm. players back playing again. And, and Fafana's close, we know that yeah. they're missing Vardy and some others, but still, it's been a bit stop start and a bit mm. disappointing, but. I guess you'd expect them to win this game against Brentford. They yeah. did, you know, kind of hanging on a little bit with the Brentford pressure, looking for the equaliser late on with the balls into the box and all the attacking players throwing themselves in there. But no, it's, it, it's better. And Madison, you know, Leicester, Leicester, Leicester better with James Madison in the yeah. team, Rob, and, and dictating things from whichever position. He's a little bit of a different role in this Why game. Why wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but, but he's, 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 a, he's a top player, James Madison.
Yeah, and it was interesting that there was no Wesley Fofana in, in, in the squad, but um, Benamor just said before the game that obviously they want to manage his minutes, make sure he's wise. Been out a long, long time. Uh, so we might see a little bit of that between now and the end of the season. But obviously they mm. want to get him up and running and, um, and, and ready for next year. But yeah, important win for, for Leicester to take some top off. They can look forward to that Europa Conference League quarterfinal. From Brentford's point of view, a little bit like Leeds in some respect. Well, Brentford are on 30 points at the moment, which is a nice, is a nice spot, I always think. But it's then the next four or five points in it. Get them done as early as you can. And then you can start to relax because they've got a tough run in Brentford. If I looked at their uh, games they play, I think they've got like Chelsea, Spurs, Man U to play. You know, a couple of games where it could be difficult. They don't want to get caught in that late on and then all of a sudden be looking over the shoulders at teams that might have a run. But um, yeah, good win for Leicester. Um, probably a no surprise with Brentford. And no Christian Eriksen, he uh, tested positive for COVID and wasn't able to or wasn't available for, for selection. Okay, mate, let's just move it quickly on to a couple of quarterfinals. I'm not sure how much we saw of these, but um, we have to start with Borough. The Borough. Musties, <laughs> what are you saying like that for? <laughs> Musties, Middlesbrough. I mean, I was expecting great things. I was expecting them to the semifinals and didn't quite ever no. get, get going at the Riverside. And, and Chelsea, as Chelsea are, professional, get the job done. Lukaku was here with the goals. And unfortunately, the end of that great run for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just a shame, really, Rob. I mean, it, mm. you know, of course, I know what it's like there to go on a cup run. I mean, the atmosphere was brilliant. I mean, a brilliant, yeah. brilliant atmosphere at the Riverside, yeah. packed out. You know, they kept going all the way through. It was pretty obvious. As soon as you see Chelsea kind of start knocking the ball around yeah. uh, with that confidence, you know, there was obviously a difference in quality. And mm. they huffed and puffed Middlesbrough but just not enough quality to hurt Chelsea. Chelsea can make changes to the team. They got some star players in Lukaku, kind of an ideal game for him to come back and he gets his goal and, and Ziyech makes it 2-0, you know, towards the, the end of the first half. And, and it was just too difficult for Middlesbrough to come back. I mean, I think they're currently eighth in the league table, Robin, yeah. the championship. Like that's the, only a couple of points away from the playoff spots. That now will be the focus. Yeah. I mean, it will. I mean, there's no, there's, of course, you want to get through to the FA Cup mm. semi-final. It's a it's a a tremendous thing to be involved with a game yeah. of Wembley, etc. A, a, a trip away for the fans, and I and I know exactly how the fans will be feeling right now, mm. um, particularly with some of the teams that they beat coming into this game. Rob, amazing FA Cup run for them, but again, I'm watching the game. I'm like, you know, I love the club dearly, but you know, you know, it was just yeah. didn't have enough quality to hurt Chelsea better, and, better and Chelsea deserved to go yeah. through. Sometimes the opposition are better and you, you hold yeah. your hands up. We played it, we watch it, you see it. Uh, a couple of other interesting results, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll go Crystal Palace uh, put four past Everton that, you know, I suppose if you're the eternal optimist for Everton, you say, well, at least we're out of the cup, we haven't got to worry about that. Uh, conceding four goals, uh, scoring none, the manager calling out one or two players and, and saying one or two strong things about, I'll say their guts in uh, in nice terms. He put it in, in very different words. Um, not a great day for Everton, Rob. Listen, they had a strong team out, Rob. Hmm. They had a strong team out, Everton. They got thumped by Crystal Palace. This is this is this is this is a this is a disaster. Yeah. This is looking like a disaster of a managerial appointment. Yeah. And and Frank Lampard at the end, I feel like he, he's struggling to know what to say, Rob, because he's desperately trying to help, but he's not been able to help the team at all. Yeah. And by keep saying, well, I've seen this stuff, you know, I, I know what's been here, yeah. uh, the cultural culturally here. Yeah. That's all kind of fluff, really, mm. Rob. And and he and he might be right, but make them better. You got yeah. you, you got to find a way to. to yeah. To set them up differently, Rob. I mean, 4-0 at Crystal Palace yeah. with a strong side mm. on the back of what they've been doing. I mean, they've got to stop conceding goals, Rob. Yeah. I mean, isn't this, isn't this what we saw before, Frank, and when he's managed before for the most part? Yeah. You know, I see him trying to play out from the back again, you know, making mistakes. I tell you, I mean, obviously, the, the Everton fans know what situation mm. they're in. But what worries me more than anything else, Rob, is, is, there, is, the, is the manner of the performances. Yeah. The manner of them, and I know they beat Newcastle United, mm. and I know about the scenes, and I know about the broken hand of celebrations from Frank Lampard, yeah, yeah. and I know that people think they're going to be okay now. I, I'm not so sure. What was it 25 points, Rob? Isn't it? Is it? Uh, I think it's 20. Uh, let me check. Yeah, 25, 25 points. points. Yeah, they're three points, three points uh, ahead of Watford. 
So with a couple of games, but they got a couple of games yeah. in hand. A couple of games in hand on, on Watford. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, no. but not not another good day for Frank uh, and he, Manchester got the job done. at Southampton uh, went one up, got, uh, pulled back to one one the port with an own goal, but then uh, a couple of finishes. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne with a penalty, Phil Foden with a beautiful clinical strike, and then Riyad Mahrez. Um, as we probably expected, City get that one done. And we're just hearing Rob, yeah. that, that Liverpool have beaten Nottingham Forest one 0 Jogo Jota with the goal there, so they go through. So the draw that was made would see Manchester City face Liverpool. Would you believe those two go uh, could go head to head in in a, in a semi final? And Palace will pay, face Chelsea in a in a London derby with a, a chance to get to Wembley. So um, just think from Patrick's point of view, Rob. That you know what a great first season it's been for him. Talk about mm. the players. You know they're out there today. Assay, Elise, you know Conor Gallagher. Big yeah. one big thing for Palace, which which was brought to my attention. Conor Gallagher probably won't be able to play in that game because it's against his parent club. Yeah, what a shame. What a oh, shame. A shame uh, and by the way, isn't it nice? Uh, you know, when you look at those teams yeah. in the semi-final, for Palace to be there. Yeah. To yeah. be there. Big to breaking yeah. it up. To, yeah. be, to be that team. I mean, when, when was it the Blooming Palace final, whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, back like, in the 90s. Oh, no, yeah. was it? Yeah, against um, Man United. Yeah, so uh, yeah. great, great for them. It's interesting yeah. that game. I know that the Patrick Vieira was the manager of New York City when Frank Lampard was there. So the both, oh, the both men know yeah. themselves really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. You know, and yeah. you know, you could say, well, that's the way to do it. Frank is to to go and have experience like Patrick yeah. Vieira's had yeah. experience, Rob, in different it's countries, out, yeah. more years, making decisions. I talked mm-hmm. about it on a previous pod that that Patrick Vieira himself said, I needed the time. To, to figure out my philosophy and what sort of manager I was yeah. going to be. That's his quote, yeah. where Frank Lampard is straight in mm. and he's been trusted in this very difficult yeah. position at this brilliant club in Everton um, that maybe need an experienced manager. Mm. We'll see. And yeah. I, and I, of course, for the Everton fans, I hope they stay out of it. Mm. Um, but an interesting kind of juxtaposition of mm. which, you know, two brilliant midfield players yeah. and their different paths and them coming together mm. And it ended up 4 0 to Crystal Palace. So brilliant. It's great, great for Crystal Palace and their fans uh, to be at this point in this competition. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, my friend, we're going to wrap it up there. It was a limited set of fixtures in Premier League, but no shortage of drama. Leeds believed and marched on with Jesse. Arsenal stood firm to hold on to fourth with Mikel, while Spurs succeeded in the big London derby to keep Conte content today in their race for the Champions League. We're going to take a break. The international football's coming up. So. We'll take a rest for a week or so, but we have still got plenty of content and we're back on Wednesday. That's March 23rd as we begin a series of special episodes celebrating Women's History Month. Our first episode will feature an in-depth interview with Karen Carney. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with his two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy, enjoy your international football. We'll see you after the break. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.